This episode of That Does Suit Madam is brought to you by Grace Brothers Ballpoint Byros. Does your pencil lead dissolve in your canteen beverage? Combat corrosive coffee with Grace Brothers Ballpoint Byros. Now with ink for writing as well. Mr. Brandon, are you free? I'm free. I'm Jeff. And I'm Brandon. And this is That Does Suit Madam, a podcast about. Are you being served? Hello. Hello, Unanimous. Hello, Mr. Jeff. Hello, Unanimous. How you doing? I'm pretty good, Mr. Brandon. How are you doing this afternoon? Well, I'm, uh, I think my, my diabetes is just about to uh, give me a bit of mischief from all the uh, Halloween candy I've been uh, <laughs> I was indulging. wondering where you were going with that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I don't have diabetes, thank God. But my blood sugar is probably not, not very happy with me these days. How about you? I have been very good with the Halloween candy this year. I bought four bags expecting a lot of trick-and-treaters, and I didn't get – I got, like, a handful of people. And I've been pretty good about keeping, you know, two or three pieces of candy a day instead of eating the entire bag of Kit Kats and Dots. You know, but, too m- what is it Liberace said? Too much of a good thing is wonderful. <laughs> I should have that tattooed on my chest in calligraphy. What do you think? That's a pretty, that would be a pretty long quote. <laughs> and then a big picture of Liberace with a grand piano, maybe. Oh, man. Or I should do an Are You Being Served tattoo. Now, there's a question. I wonder if anyone oh. in the unanimous has an Are You Being Served tattoo. What would you get? Well, what if they had a That Does Suit Madam tattoo, they'd get, like, I don't know, a free t-shirt or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's advertisement. If you were to get um, a Grace Brothers tattoo or, or an Are You Being Served tattoo, what would you get? Oh, my God. Um, I think maybe the, the bag, the, the Grace Brothers bag. That's exactly what I'm thinking, too. Just get the bag, but like maybe without the words on it, just the, the symbol itself. I mean, a rolled up coiled um, measuring tape. Maybe they just think that I'm a tailor. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a good question. Um Unanimous, if any of you have mm. Are You Being Served tattoos, please call into the Peacock Hotline and tell us about it. We want to know. And send us a picture. We want to see. But it has to be work-appropriate pictures. We don't yes. know what the people... Who knows? Yeah, you know, we, It's a family show, even though it is explicitly tagged. Yeah, if you've got a tattoo of tittles on your tittles, I don't know that we necessarily would need to see that. So. <laughs> oh, my God. So oh, let's... We've got a lot of new Facebook fans, Mr. Brandon. Uh, Even though we're approaching the end of the show, it's still going strong. People really want to hear us. Um, We are a cultural phenomenon, I think. We are the zeitgeist. We are the alpha and the omega of the internet. (laughs) We want to thank Tracy, Raphael, Daniel, Kelly, Akiza, Debbie, Jen, Amber, Chris, and Lisa for joining our Facebook page. You've all done very well. Yeah, and we've heard some uh, really nice hellos from the Unanimous from Twitter. Uh, Specifically, our old pal, 70s Street fan, who loves uh, Coronation Street. Um, and we, we love the East Ender people too, so don't worry. Uh, but uh, they mentioned, uh, they actually posted a video of a commercial from the 70s with Mike Barry, our Mr. Spooner. Oh, Go really? Go to the Twitter page and you'll see it there. Um, it's a 
commercial for OSL Holidays, which I guess is still in business, maybe not. But it's um, Mike Berry being like, do you remember Stretch Armstrong, the toy yeah. from the 60s, 70s or something? Yep. Um, he's sitting in like a 1970s like peacock lounger chair made of rattan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he's like stretching his arms out and it's supposed to be clever and it's very memorable, but it's sort of something that would have given me nightmares as a child. And I'm were, sure it probably gave a lot of British children nightmares. So Were they advertising a package toward a Costa Planca? <laughs> they should have. But it's just sort of, I mean, I, I think Mike Berry was trying to come like, I don't know, maybe wanted to be in commercials and stuff. But I know he's an actor, yeah. but like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you see him anymore on TV, but, you know, people probably remember that ad if you're of a certain age. Oh, so. yeah, maybe. So thanks for sending that over. That was pretty cool. It's yeah, creepy. we also we also heard from the other Jeff Jeff Y on email, didn't we, Mister Brandon? We did, we did. The original other Jeff, because there are nineteen Jeffs who follow and listen to the show. So maybe you'll be twenty next time, Mister <laughs> Jeff, whoever you are out there. Uh, he said um, he found a website that it reported that Wendy Richard was also uh, Miss Brahms was also an actor who worked at a department store prior to being on the show. So. Uh, John Inman worked at a department store. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Lloyd or Jeremy, or David Croft worked in, right. in, in Simpsons. David Croft did, yeah. Da- yeah, David Croft. So, Wendy Richard, she worked in a, a department store in London called uh, Fortnum and Mason. Oh, the tea people. They make really expensive and good teas. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's something you would know. Um, <laughs> PG tips all the way. Um, so, anyway. so You she- changed... You're no longer Yorkshire? I don't know. <laughs> if you all would buy more t-shirts, I could afford Yorkshire. But economies have to be made somewhere. Uh, no no, uh, no shame for not buying our things, but anyway. Um, so anyway, so she, she was actually fired after three days because um, someone put on a coat, and, probably, and I'm, I'm picturing her as Miss Brahms, and Wendy Richards was asked, Is this coat me? And then she probably said, well, it certainly isn't the coat or something. <laughs> basically, basically a, a customer said, what do you think? Does this suit me? And she said, no, it doesn't. And she was fired because the customer is always right in matters of taste, as we there learned on go. this podcast. That's right, Mr. Brandon. And also, Simpsons uh, Department Store, which is just down the street from uh, Piccadilly Circus mm-hmm. in London, uh, which is now a Weatherstone's uh, bookshop, which is like the flagship store, because that's essentially Grace Brothers, um, or what it was meant to be, you know, built from mm-hmm. in the show. It now has two conference rooms or like meeting rooms. One called the Slocum Room, and one called the Peacock Room. Which oh, that's I excellent. Was very interesting. Indeed, that's great. Thank you for Waterstones for paying homage to our show. So, if anyone's ever worked at the Waterstones shop, um, a photo of that office name the plaque would be excellent (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) well speaking of t-shirts speaking of buying more t-shirts so that mr brandon can afford the good tea um we do we do want to offer our congratulations to the does suit madam northern mississippi cricket team who bought over three dozen branded (gasps) cricket jumpers I'm, okay, that does it. I'm going to upgrade to, to Twinings, and uh, I'm just going to splurge. <laughs> That's right, Unanimous. We sponsor the Northern Mississippi Cricket Club. Uh, six to nine-year-olds all running around playing cricket right off I-40 <laughs> uh, in Northern Mississippi. It's quite exciting. Who knew there was such a market for cricket? 
Well, you know, I think I think we should give ourselves a pat on the the back. I think the the informational blue circular placard next to our grain silo slash um, billboard off I forty advertising the show. It's 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 given Northern Mississippi the boost it needed. I think, Mister Jeff. <laughs> indeed, indeed, it has, Mister Brandon. <laughs> Um, have yeah. we gotten any voicemails this week? We have. We heard from our friend Elena at AreYouBeingServedCentral.com. Um, she left us a lovely voicemail that we will use on the upcoming unanimous episode. Uh, she called the Peacock Hotline, uh, 662-PEACOCK, for those in the States, or North America, rather. Um, so, yeah, so we, we have those coming in, and if you want to contribute to the unanimous listener episode... There's still time, so uh, thanks for that, and we look forward to hearing your message soon. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, Unanimous. Um, Mr. Brandon, look, could you look out your window over to the um, That Does Suit Metal Compound aviation field? It looks like a plane is touching down. Well, you know, I think we we've have, got a guest. We have Grace Brothers. You know, they went out of business in the 80s, and we were able to purchase it at a very low price, and we do use it to fly our guest hosts in. That's right. We have guest hosts uh, come into northern Mississippi every now and then. And uh, we had to have a special visa made for uh, the country of the Netherlands. And, uh, you know, I think she just touched down. And here she Oh, oh she's opening the front door. Oh, yes, yes, the, the latch sticks a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, there she goes. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'd love to welcome our new super fan straight in from the Netherlands. Uh, she's got her wooden shoes clogging as she walks down the hallway. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, superfan Henrika. Hello, Henrika. Hi, Henrika. Hello, hello, unanimous. Are you free, Henrika? I'm free. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> well done. Oh, uh, nice. How was the flight <laughs> over the Atlantic? Did you turn left at Greenland? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's the right answer. <laughs> Stupid Beatles joke there. <laughs> Oh, fun. Well, thanks for thanks for flying all the way to northern Mississippi. Hopefully, uh, flying over Tennessee wasn't too much. It, it gets a little tiring after that long flight. <laughs> so, uh, Henrika, thanks for having who, me. Who are you? Um, tell us. Tell us who you are. We'd love to know. Well, I'm from the Netherlands, and I spent my days eating cheese and growing tulips. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I pictured you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, she did not wear wooden clogs coming down the, the tarmac. I have to They would have been confiscated at customs anyway. Yes. So. <laughs> That's why it takes so long for, for people to go through customs going into Amsterdam because, you know, all, it's all the clogs they have to check for. It's, it's ridiculous. And the hidden compartments in all the clogs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're so big. <laughs> yes, exactly. Randomly, I think Mickey Mouse must have been Dutch because he has big woodeny shoes, doesn't he? If you think about Mickey Mouse's shoes, they look like clocks. I don't often think about Mickey Mouse's shoes, so... <laughs> I think you have a point there. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. <laughs> anyway. From, from now on, I have to think about Mickey Mouse, and uh, if I see him, I, I only see his clocks. <laughs> so, if you're going to join the podcast, um, you we have to ask, you are a fan of Are You Being Served? Because we've had some interlopers yes. try to sneak in and get on the podcast a few times. <gasps> No. But yeah, it's very, very, dis very discouraging for the show. <laughs> sure, I'm a fan. I, I bought, I bought all the DVDs especially for this moment. <gasps> well, if we hope wow. we live up to your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so t- um, <laughs> you, you're our first European on the show f- coming in from Europe, and that's quite really? exciting. Um, mm-hmm. we, I'm sure you've heard on the show how we kind of got into it. It was very popular on the public TV in the 90s as a rerun. Um, how did you first hear of Are You Being Served? Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I know I, I haven't been watching when I was, uh, when I was a, a kid because mm-hmm. um, it, it, I, I'm not sure it, it was on TV. We had uh, Allo Allo. Mm-hmm. You watched mm-hmm. that a lot. And, oh, you um, stupid woman. Uh, yeah, I would say this only once. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's and uh, we had, we had uh, Keeping Up Appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, started watching Are You Being Served, I think, uh, 10 years ago, pretty oh, late. Okay. I, I heard from it before that, but that's not, it, was, it wasn't really uh, a big thing here. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine why, because it's a great show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is, what, 50, 40 years ago, you know, and, you know, keeping up, it's funny because so many people say, uh, as we've, you know, this is our third, second from last episode of the original series, and people oh. keep saying, oh, I hope you're doing Allo Allo, or Keeping Up With Appearances, or, you know, Are You Being Served Again, Grace and Favor. For some reason, with me, I always gravitated to Are You Being Served, on top of it. That's like the top of the mm-hmm. hierarchy for me. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's why we have this podcast to figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why um, why it wasn't a, a big thing, or maybe it was a, a maybe it was a thing, and I just didn't mm. know. <laughs> Henrika, is is um, there a big appreciation for British culture in the Netherlands? Like besides yes. LOLO and keeping up appearances. Um, is there a part of the subculture where the uh, television is brought over? Do you have like uh, British style fish and chip shops? Um, no, because everybody, everyone I know here hates fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you Me eat too. fries with vinegar? Ew. Um, but I had, I had, I had some mushy peas and it's, it ain't half bad. Got I know, I know. I visited Scotland about 15 years ago and, um, I had fish and chips, and it grows on you, it I grows think. It grows on you, man. Yeah. It grows on you, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, there are a lot of, a lot of um, my friends are, uh, yeah, they are into uh, the British culture. I have a few friends who teach uh, English. Mm-hmm. The Queen's mm-hmm. British, <laughs> as we call it. <laughs> we, we kind of gravitate between um, English... Uh, of British, the Queen's British and American English. Okay, very nice. And we drink Excellent. lots of tea. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We always try to have a cup of tea before we record an episode here at that Dusty Madam headquarters. You know, get a little little pep in your step. Uh, mm-hmm. And luckily, I can drink all the twinings I want thanks to the uh, North Mississippi Cricket Club. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> the cricket. I love twinings. <laughs> so, um, Henrika. Mm-hmm. If you were to choose one character from the show that you most identify with, or who you think you would be most likely to be friends with, who would it be? <gasps> Miss Slocum. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yes. When she was sober or yes. drunk, that's the question. Drunk Miss Slocum. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Of course. 
was drunk with Slocum. Uh, it, I can say this because my uh, my mom doesn't listen to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Miss Slocum reminds me of my grandma. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> she used to have a, a, a shop in the, the village I was born, and she had a haberdashery. Oh, okay. And she was she was a lady. Did she say that that oh that hat does suit Madame maybe in Dutch? <laughs> I think she would say anything to sell something. <laughs> <laughs> well, poor Wendy Richards should have said that, and she wouldn't have gotten fired. But uh huh, uh huh. Speaking of, how would you say that does suit Madame in Dutch? Dat staat u heel goed, mevrouw. Oh, okay. Say so that three times okay. fast. Very well done. All right, she's authentic, y'all. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you, thank okay. you. So, um, my favorite episode, I think, of Are You Being Served is probably the apartment where we get to see Mrs. Slocum and she has her teas made and Mr. Humphreys, she's trying to, like, let him sleep over because she, of course, is in love with him. What is your favorite episode of the show? German Week. <gasps> <gasps> yep. <laughs> that is amazing. German Week because... Um, Dutch and German are very similar uh, languages, so we could uh -huh. understand everything they said. <laughs> <laughs> strumps. Those are my strumps, yes. Those are my strumps, yes. Boostenhalt. 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 In Dutch, it's called a uh, uh, Boostenhouder. Okay. So it's almost so very similar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's German week. German week any day. <laughs> Although I think it would have been nice if they had a Dutch week at, at least, you know, try to be equitable a little bit there. But uh. yeah. I mean, they could. I mean, we've already made two jokes about wooden shoes in like the first twenty minutes of this podcast. They could have stretched an entire episode about that. <laughs> they would have had what a whole series shoes? based yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, so you're. I hope you're familiar with the show. You did just kind of bump into our place, and we said, "Hey, do you want to be on a podcast?" Come, and you happen to know are you being served? So it was. It yeah. worked out. In case you've not heard about our show, we kind of just yammer on. So uh, what do you think? Would you like to join our show, Miss Henrika? Yes, please. I can yammer on too. Okay. Well, you've I all teach. done very well I teach, already. so I can yammer on. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's one of us already. So, yes. Mr. Jeff, what the hell are we doing listening to this podcast for? What are we here to talk about? Other than wooden shoes from the Netherlands. <laughs> Tonight we're talking about Series 10, Episode 5, The Nightclub. Ooh. which originally premiered on March 18th, 1985. And that week in the news, at the top of the Billboard 100 chart was Can't Fight This Feeling by Ario Speedwagon. Again, I think this is the third week in a row that we've had that up there. And at the top of the UK singles chart was Easy Lover by Philip Bailey and Phil Collins. Okay, I don't know that one. Can you sing it? Can you I name that tune in three notes? You, you know that very well that I cannot sing it. You're um, an easy lover. There you go. Everyone, everyone can sing that. Ooh, we're turning into karaoke cast. I like it. <laughs> well done, Enrica. Thank you for picking up the slack where I cannot sing. I have to compliment Mr. Jeff because he does have this terrible macabre uh, tendency to list waging wars and plagues and famines as, <laughs> as things in the Take Us Back segment of the episode. But, uh, you know, happy music and uh, awkward karaoke, that's kind of positive. So you're, you're doing a good job there. I have been doing very well about keeping the negative news out of the news for season 10. It was my yes. season new season rev resolution. You are doing better, I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Also that week in the news, Spin Magazine began publishing. 
Uh, it was an alternative music magazine, kind of like a competitor to Rolling Stone, uh, founded by Bob Guccione Jr., whose father, Bob Guccione, founded Penthouse, the adult magazine. And in fact, Spin Magazine was uh, named Spin Magazine as a homage to the people of the Netherlands because of the windmills. <laughs> really? <laughs> Thank you, thank you. It's a never heard of Spin Magazine. Not really. Also that week, Arthur Ashe was nominated for the International Tennis Hall of Fame. Okay. And Julian Lennon, son of John Lennon, uh, age twenty-one, had his first concert. Okay, so it was a pretty, pretty good week, I have to say. And this episode premiered. That's right. Yeah, I remember when I watched the episode. Uh, earlier today, it was one of those episodes where they pulled out all the stops and the opening credits, and they had the credits zoom up the screen. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's sort of like, all right, guys, this is the last season. Let's just spend all the budget. Clearly, they spent all of the budget on the titles because when the customers go into the lift, the doors don't close all the way. And they certainly didn't spend and it on Cafe Rendezvous, did they? <laughs> no, well, apparently they did. Maybe but the front door. Also, I don't know. They didn't spend it on the editing either, because you see Mike Berry standing in the wings, waiting for his cue yes. to walk in. Which is, we see that quite often in the show, where we see a little bit of that, the, 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 mis, the miscut in the yes. editing. Where it's a very unnatural entrance. He's standing there with his coat over his arm, and then moves in. Yeah. Yeah, you see Wendy Richard do the same thing. She's, yeah, that's she's right. busy with with the 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 the, oh, the sheet, dust, yeah, the sheet, and she's she's uh, clearly clearly uh, looking at someone uh, in the wings or something. I noticed that she's like, waiting for at the her cameraman cue. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mike mm. Berry looked ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and then he kind of had this kind of like bored face, like I'm waiting for my yeah, cue. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden he like, oh, I have to do uh, work. Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. We love Mike. Really, we love you, Mike Barry. In was, case you listen, just in case. We love you, Mike. Don't worry. But you were yeah. terrible. <laughs> it turns out that the uh, the staff are having one of their usual after work conferences to drum up ideas for sales. Mm, okay. The staff is all assembled except for Mr. Humphreys, and they think that he might have nipped out the back and is skipping out on the conference. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he comes in wearing this ridiculous red frock with this, these lace frills and puts on this silver wig. He looks like a really bad Mrs. Claus almost. Oh, that's a very, yeah, he does. And he has, it's like clearly not a young woman that he is emulating. It's like an older woman. Um, and I, I love how he walks out, like, thinking it's not unusual at all and sits down and, <laughs> yes. like, doesn't even say anything. You know, right. of course, everyone's <laughs> flabbergasted. Uh, Captain Peacock says something along the lines of, I think it would be better if you can find your leisure activities until after the store hours <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Yes. But it turns out it's not for pleasure. It's all business. You see that his mother is a part-time usherette in the cinema and whenever she can't make her shifts, he fills in for her. He dresses up as his mother because you can't tell in the dark that it's not really her. <laughs> right. It's so stupid. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. 
He knows the, the cinema manager because eventually later on in the episode, he asks for the advert for free. Yeah. So if he knows that Humphreys is filling in for his mother, why does he have to get dressed up? <laughs> is it because men weren't allowed to be ushers and they were only usherettes? That it was a matronly type role? Or am I overthinking this? Like I, I tend to the, do yeah, on I every episode. I think every episode in season 10, we have a, the, you, this is your moment of overthinking. And this is, <laughs> ding, this is your segment now, I think. This is it? Okay. Uh, Mrs. Slocum calls home to let Tittles the cat know that she'll be late. Apparently she's trained the cat to <laughs> knock the phone off the receiver off the <laughs> hook after the fifth <laughs> ring and listen in. How oh ridiculous is this? I love it. <laughs> And it's like her her one companion in life is her cat, and her cat is like twenty five years old by now, right? Um, right. It's it's a pretty elderly cat, but apparently it's got the stamina to answer the phone. But what I love about <laughs> whenever people they do this a lot in Are You Being Served when someone's on the phone, and you can picture like Mr. Humphreys answering the phone. Oh, hello, mother. So you can picture Mrs. Humphreys on the line talking to Mr. Humphreys, right? Because, like, even though it's just John Inman sitting there and he's on the phone, I love when they do the things about the telephone because you can picture... It's like you use your own imagination. Mm -hmm. So I definitely pictured Tittles having that old, seven, like, 1970s, 80s phone and he's using his little paw and, like, knocking the thing <laughs> off the cradle and, like, putting his little ear down on it to listen. It was so cute. She love definitely it. paints a really good picture. Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> So apparently she uh, misdialed. She doesn't know her own telephone number. Misdialed and got the neighbor, Mr. Akbar, instead. And so she <laughs> explains to him that she's trying to get her pussy on the phone. And we get Mr. Humphrey smearing his lipstick. Very similar <laughs> to when he dropped his elbow off the canteen table at the he's ginger, isn't he line. Yeah. Very yes. good, subtle physical comedy from John Inman there. Pop quiz. What popular 1970s movie, comedy, also had someone putting on lipstick that ended up, that looked like Mr. Humphrey's lipstick after that line? Ooh. It's a U.S. movie, Henrika. Yeah. A little bit more context, please. I can't say the it's, word. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's a man dressing in drag. No, no, no. Is, it's is, a woman putting lipstick on, but because of an incident... Her lipstick goes all over her face, kind of like Mr. Humphreys. 1970s comedy. Airplane? That's it. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah she was in, the, um, she was in the, the, the bathroom, the loo, and the entire movie with the airplane like doing disastrous things. In turbulence, going, yeah. Turbulence, and like, of course, the entire movie, she's trying to put lipstick on the whole time. Oh, that's right. And that's her lips, right. and she comes out at now. the end, and like lipstick is all over her face. But uh, <laughs> anyway, just reminded me of that scene. Yeah. Miss um, Belfridge uh, brings in the food for the after uh, work conference, and they've come a long way because it used to be just coffee. And then it became coffee and biscuits, and now they're actually getting sandwiches. Oh. So we can see that they're really making an investment in the staff. It's all that Thatcherism, um, you know, economy, economizing, man. It, it's resulted in well, Sam, Sam, uh, salmon sandwiches. Well, they were, they were expecting the stale ham sandwiches from the pub, but <laughs> she ended up getting smoked salmon sandwiches from the hotel Ooh. down the street, which cost a lot more money than Mr. Rumbold was expecting. So... Mr. Rumbold first asks her because she doesn't like going into the pub because the men pinch her bottom. 
And Mr. Rumbold asks, well, is that in the public bar or the saloon? Okay. And it took me a while. I definitely didn't understand this first watching it as a kid. But it took me a second to realize that what he was referring to is different parts of the traditional English pub. So in the States, a saloon for us is an old-timey Western, um, Old West, Cowboys kind of thing. But um, in a pub, the saloon is the private room at the back where you would usually charge a cover where there'd be entertainment or darts or snooker or something like that. Hmm. Whereas the public bar is the room up front for the working class that's got like sawdust and peanuts on the floor (laughs) where there was no entry. For for the public people who are so dripping with filth, they have to have sawdust on the floor, you know. Well, then the The other room all the way in the back (laughs) off the saloon would be the lounge where women were allowed because up until 1982, women were not allowed to drink in the public bar part of the pub. They could only be in the lounge because it was not suitable for, it was not an environment that was suitable for ladies. I mean, what a carryover from the Victorian era. I remember, um, you know, I'm a big um, Coronation Street fan. Don't worry, EastEnders, that's a valid show as well. Don't (laughs) worry, everyone gets, sends us hate mail. Um, But I remember the first, I think, what what year did Coronation Street, was it like 1963 or 68? That sounds right. That was the number I was going to say. Yeah, it it was very early on. And I remember the black and white episodes of the first couple of seasons. I remember thinking, why is there like a different room? And why is there like a door there? And then it was explained to me, oh, that's because it's a carryover from the Victorian era where women would kind of hang out in one place and men would hang out at the other. And like you can go back and forth, but it's like this kind of um, historical thing. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And there actually was a fourth part of the traditional public, or the traditional pub, which was up in the front. In the front of the public room, there were private little roomettes built into the bay windows that women were allowed to go into there because they were, they were private, they were charged extra. And those were called the smug. And that's where part of the word for having that haughtiness or that self-aggrandization comes from. If you could afford to sit in the smug in the pub, then you had a smug attitude. Interesting. Well, I know in the UK, um, real estate, like you'll have a home and they will have a room called the snug, S-N-U-G, I think. And it's almost like an American den where it's like a little room with a couch Mm -hmm. that you can probably watch TV. I wonder if that has a connection to it. Although S-N-U-G is a different word. Is there like an equivalent, Henrika, to this kind of concept over there in the Netherlands or... Where women weren't uh, allowed in public or, places. Yeah. We are still not allowed in public. No. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> March on Amsterdam. Oh. We have to go get the mm-hmm. drinking rights. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I really don't know. I know there are a lot of pubs uh, who have uh, what this in the show is called a saloon. Mm-hmm. We call it a zaaltje. Um, okay. And... In it in the zaaltje, you can uh, play darts or you can uh, you can rent uh, the the space for uh, parties and um, mm. uh, clubs and stuff. And it's uh, separate from uh, the the bar area. So I uh, I recognize I recognize that. Okay. Well, women can go there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered if like the pub is a quintessentially 
English British kind of thing or are there kind of like versions in like almost all the European countries maybe not in I don't know Greece maybe maybe so I don't know but I've always wondered that you know I, I think uh, we have a Dutch equivalent is called um, in, in Dutch is brown cafe. We call it a, a brown brown bar, but it sounds really stupid. But um, <laughs> bars are brown, <laughs> aren't they? Bars are almost all, always brown, but uh, it's it's um, an, an old style bar. So uh, uh, brown, uh, you can compare it with a pub. Well, it, it sounds better than Delft ca- Delft bar. I mean, you know, you can't really. It's hard to keep all that white Delft. and bra- white and blue clean. You know. Oh yeah, Delft's blue. Yeah. Delft's blue. So the smoked salmon sandwiches were twenty pounds, and we think that Mister Rumbold is going to have a heart attack because apparently that was a lot of money, right? That would be about sixty-five pounds today, or about eighty-five dollars today. But if you think about it. Lunch for six in New York City, that's not bad. Even for fast food, if you go out to Subway, well, not Subway, if you go out to like Pret-a-Manger, for example, and get sandwiches and coffee for six people, that's about $14, $15 a person. That makes sense for New York City prices. Not only that, but the coffees were Irish coffee. So that's coffee with a shot of Irish whiskey, right? So it's a little bit, you know, definitely a little bit more expensive than... Whatever Beppo was used just, to serve. I was just uh, wanting Irish coffee. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> that I was would like, be fun. oh, yummy. Sorry, sorry. I, I will say, actually, um, the uh, Madame Khan episode, it was an alcohol infused edition of the podcast. Uh, I think towards the end, I was sounding like a drunk Mrs. Slocum. <laughs> or Mr. Humphreys, as the case may be. I love drunk Mrs. Oh. Slocum. <laughs> She's my spirit animal. <laughs> so the whole point of this conference is that uh, Mr. Rumbold is breaking the news that Mr. Grace has allowed them to use the floor for a nighttime, a nighttime money-making activity, and he'll only take 10%. <laughs> Why... Why? Why? <laughs> why would why would they 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 want to use this the store at night? Because you know they're there for... all day long. Let's stay there all night long as well. Yeah. Why? <laughs> it, it's one of the it's one of those plot devices they just have to <laughs> kind of use to to retcon to make the whole thing make sense. I mean, you know, certain department stores will rent out their space for like big charity functions, right? You can imagine um, like having a big charity function, you know, the, the Macy's flagship store in Herald Square in New York. Once a year or so, you know, they'll have like some big fashion show or some big charity event there. But to go to a nightclub where you're having dinner... <laughs> Five feet away from the Y-front drawers. (laughs) Doesn't sound like a place where I'd want to be. Okay, I'll be the one to say it. We're all thinking it. (laughs) This was a recycled episode. Like, there are maybe one or two episodes, right? Yes. Where, let's think of something we can do. Let's make a nightclub. I mean, the one with Mr. Granger is like... Yeah, Good yeah, yeah. evening, sir. You're looking very yes. nice this evening, right? But, uh, old, friend, lovable old bartender Henry. Remember that right. one? Um, this, yeah. You're absolutely right, Mr. Yeah. Brandon. This is a redux of Series 5, Episode 7, It Pays to Advertise, where yeah. they make the commercial for the Cocoa Club. Yeah, and 
But again, this is something we've said it a couple times in other episodes for season 10. It's like the greatest hits season, you know, like um, mm -hmm. a lot of the jokes are things we've heard before. And we've said before, like people didn't have VCRs. People watched it live, aired on the BBC once or twice or whatever. So jokes from 1973, you could say in 1985 and people haven't thought of them in a decade or more. In 12 years, and literally yeah, in 12 years, you're right. When you're watching them, yeah. binging them like we do today, it's like, <laughs> oh, this is repetitive. So, you know, it's a little tricky there. They come up with a couple of suggestions. Uh, Mr. Rumbold wants a choral evening with, you know, live singing, and they all feign falling asleep and how boring <laughs> the suggestion is. Because that sounds so fun. Um, <laughs> Mr. Spooner wants uh, a discotheque or a bowls club. Or, you know, can you imagine them playing bowls indoors? I, I love it when he says bowls. I was going to say <laughs> bowls. 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 <laughs> Excuse me. Well, for your hair? Like finally, a bowl for your hair? Is that what you want, Mr. Spooner? <laughs> and finally, Mrs. Slocum suggests a snack bar with um, background music and kind of upscale. A uh, uh, nightclub, and so Mr. Spooner suggests to call it the Crumpet Club. Right? <laughs> Obviously, a play on words about crumpet being uh, slang for a promiscuous young woman. Um, when they decide what kind of food they want, Mr. Humphreys offers his mother's recipe for steak and kidney pudding. So he says, "Oh, we'll just call it to the Pudding Club," <laughs> which is, of course, an old-fashioned way of referring to a lady who has uh, a bun in the oven. Because you couldn't say the word pregnant the back then. Right. Right. Yes. So now we get to the bit. It all starts to come together about why Mr. Humphreys was dressed in the Usherette outfit. Humphreys is going to phone the manager of the cinema um, and tell him he's going to be a little bit late and ask if he could have the commercial. Uh, it turns out that the cat is still on the phone from when <laughs> um, Mrs. Slocum had called earlier. The cat I is guess, still on the I phone. Guess the cat I love that you said that. I love it. The, the cat doesn't know to hang up the phone. It doesn't have opposable <laughs> thumbs, which is fine. I mean, first of all, it's okay that it knows to pick up the phone and to put its ear, but to hang it up, that's just too much. <laughs> that's too far. That's way too far, right? So Mrs. Slocum gets on the phone. This is your mistress speaking. I'm sorry I've been so long. Open your flap and play with your little ball. Mr. Akbar, how dare you? So Mr. <laughs> Akbar has broken into her house... Knowing that she's not home because she just called him. What, what do we think is going on with Mr. Akbar? Do you think that he has romantic intentions towards Mrs. Slocum? Because this is not the first time that he's been mentioned. You know, when Tittles was pregnant, um, she asked Mr. Akbar to go put an anchovy through the letterbox. So what's going on with Mr. Akbar here? I think Mr. Akbar has gotten the wrong end of the stick to coin a phrase. <laughs> Uh, you know, a façon de parler, of course. Um, of course, just a façon de parler. Yes, just a façon de parler. Um, yeah. yeah, I think he is the unfortunate victim of uh, double, double entendre. Um, and uh, maybe he thought it was an invitation to come over and, uh, I don't know, spend some quality time with his neighbor. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So the, t the staff are trying to come up with a name for it, and they suggest Club Rendezvous. And Mrs. Slocum isn't quite sure, because up on the Northern Circular, there's a cafe rendezvous where quite a lot of rough truck drivers go. 
<laughs> and Mr. Humphreys is familiar with it. Oh, you mean that one that's just beyond the shop? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> so, and there were a couple of people who laughed in the audience, but a lot less than I thought, you know? Right. Because why would Mrs. Slocum and Mr. Humphreys know this rough truck driver place unless they were there to pick up truck drivers? <laughs> right? That's, that's the joke, the, the subtext of the joke they're trying to say here. Keep this in mind because this will come in a little bit handy at the very end of the episode. Okay. So they start handing out the roles and they are figuring out who's going to play the uh, cloakroom girl, the, the code attendant. Because mm. apparently that's quite a popular role, not only in the commercial, but also in the nightclub that they're going to be offering. Of course, they immediately offer it to Ms. Brahms as the junior. But then the canteen manageress comes up and she's in a good mood. She's offering everyone a, um, a second pour on their cup of coffee. They convince her to take the, uh, the role because, or the job because uh, it pays good tips. And so she decides to do it. But now Miss Brahms wants it back. So and suddenly everyone a little wants bit to of fight a for it there. because it's right. the money. Miss <laughs> Brahms ends up being the waitress, as we'll see a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. So we're in the canteen. We're handing out the rolls. And we're getting ready to, um, to go downstairs and start to film the commercial. While we're in the canteen, why don't we stop and take a tea break and show Henrika around? Okay, so Henrika, you may not have gone... You've never been to the canteen here at the That Does Suit Madam Compound. Um, we've made an, a, an authentic uh, recreation of the canteen from Grace Brothers. But the problem is we went a little bit too far in authenticity, and our manageress is just like the one from the show. So it makes a lot of sense and saves a lot of time. If you think about what you want, you have to order it first. We put it in our pneumatic tube from the recording studio, and it goes straight upstairs so they can pick it up. So do you know what you might want to ask for at the canteen? They have a very big selection. Yes, I have heard a lot of good things about the Rizzles. Oh, how dare you, madam. Oh, you mean, oh, never mind. Okay, okay, Rizzles, okay. Um, I might have a Struppelfel. Um, <laughs> I have one too. <laughs> We'll just nip off to the canteen and we will be right back. Hello, Unanimous. This is Mr. Brandon. And this is Mr. Jeff. Did you wake up this morning and think, how could I support my favorite podcast while also letting the world know that I'm a proud member of the Unanimous? Does your morning coffee vessel leave you feeling neither one way nor the other? Perhaps your smartphone cover fails to confirm your charm, personality, vitality, and youth. Worry no more. Visit our That Does Suit Madam online bargain basement shop. They've just come in. You could buy your very own That Does Suit Madam official tote bag. A handbag? Or an official podcast sofa pillow. Perfect for hiding your Paddington bear. We sell a fashionable face mask and a celebrated coffee cup. And of course, t-shirts. But don't worry, you'll find the sleeves right up with wear. Support your favorite podcast with some That Does Suit Madam merch. All at imfree.threadless.com imfree.threadless.com And you've all done very well. All right, my God, the queue today was wild. I can't believe it. Um, what did you end up getting, Henrika? I had the results, but they were disgusting. Oh, oh. yeah, I would have. I, I have could have told you that. Oh, we're so sorry time. about that. Yeah, it turns out my stroopwafel um, was a coaster, a cork coaster, and it 
it was for me to put underneath my teacup instead of on top of my teacup. So I just had a cup of tea. So what about you, Jeff? Well, in honor of our guest, I asked for some chowda, but the canteen manageress misheard me and gave me chowder instead. And it was mm, really never inedible. eat chowder from the canteen. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. No. Well, now we're Not all good. slightly caffeinated and slightly hungry. Uh, what else was going on in the episode? So we see Mr. Humphreys in the chef outfit, <laughs> similar to the takeover, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, he is Pierre from Paris. <laughs> Uh, and the manageress is the, uh, the cloakroom attendant and she's wearing this off the shoulder sweater, right? And they're practicing what to say when, uh, customers come in. Can I have your rat and coat in that really, really thick Northern accent she's got? Yeah. And so it's no, it's hat and coat, hat and coat, right? Try and get to pronounce the received pronunciations mm, no. up market a little <laughs> bit, not common as muck. Common as muck. Uh, Mr. Harmon and, and Seymour come in, uh, in morning jackets and they're playing the customers. Well, you, Mr. Humphreys is, uh, he's questioning why they're so dressed up. You're supposed to look normal. And Mr. Harmon retorts, well, you don't look normal. <gasps> and so I'm wondering, I'm wondering why those morning jackets were seen as so formal, because we see later on Mr. Rumbold is just wearing a regular tuxedo. He's not wearing the full morning jacket. Um, but it got me to thinking about the state of formal wear. And I was wondering if, Mr. Brandon, do you own a tuxedo? Like, have you ever had to wear one? Um, no, I've never worn a tuxedo. The closest thing I have to formal wear has lots of sequins in it. So I wouldn't exactly call that <laughs> formal wear. Yeah. I don't own a tuxedo either. And I haven't worn one since... Um, my high school prom and I rented that but thinking about like for women they don't they would not rent an evening gown for an occasion they would go out and buy one you know I, I know nowadays there are more internet friendly um, shops where you can you know rent fashion pieces for you know a two week or three week period of time oh, right yeah but um, you know we think about one of the one of the gags that the store does every once in a while is their dress hire department <laughs> where the women, you know, have these really fancy tutus that are over the top. But that's not the reality, is it? Henrika, have you ever had to rent formal wear? No. Um, yeah. And I have to say I'm just a poor teacher, so I don't really go to <laughs> <laughs> parties with formal wear. What do you, what do you teach, Henrika? I teach music and I teach uh, art in elementary school, and I have the greatest job ever. Oh, it's that's amazing. Excellent. How old are your kiddos? Uh, I teach kindergarten uh, through uh, sixth, sixth, sixth grade. I can't say six, sixth. <laughs> Ages four to 12. <laughs> Oh, there 45. You go. Okay. Because I think yeah, the, the classes are different in the States and the Netherlands. I don't know. But yeah, they, they, they probably are. keep you on your toes, I would imagine. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they do, and I'm very tired at the end of the day, but it's a great job. I get to sing all day, and I get to make things all day with them, and I get to teach. And I get to be That's with kids. Oh, see, that makes me want to ask you to sing the theme song for us, and we can make you the theme song <laughs> for an episode coming up. That would be interesting. <laughs> that would be interesting. Well, I, I, <laughs> I have to say, uh, a few weeks ago... 
uh, I walked in on uh, the class I had to teach and they were uh, at the end of their uh, English uh, mm -hmm. lesson. And uh, I walked in and they said, uh, hey, good morning, Miss uh, Henrique. And I said, good morning, dear children. And I said, I just blurted out, you've all done very well. <laughs> and I had to laugh so hard. And they were, they were looking at me like, what? <laughs> Who the hell is this lady? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why is that so funny to her? It doesn't make sense. No Aww. one understood, but I had fun. <laughs> that makes me want to, um, like, Excellent. teach an English course using are you being served. Yeah. Everyone will say, everyone will say, like oh, drunk Miss Slocum. You know. It's like how they're saying that all those American children are growing up with British accents because they're watching too much Peppa Pig. Yeah. Can you imagine an entire generation of children raised on Are You Being Served? <laughs> that would I think, be awesome. I think that was us, Jeff. I think we are the generation that we're... I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think you're right. I, I, I told you that when right. I was you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, I would run around, I don't know, the playground or whatever, and make jokes I would hear from Are You Being Served with my you know, co my 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 co students there, and they would just look at me and like cock their head to the left and like walk away because <laughs> I would make a joke that Mr. Humphreys would say, and of course they would have no idea what I meant. So uh, yeah. yeah, but I didn't know that yeah, Peppa Pig is us. making little kids say British words like with an accent. That's interesting. Oh yeah, no, that's totally a thing. Like if you watch any of the morning news entertainment programs, mm -hmm. there's. Like once a month, there's a a, um, a segment on how parents are complaining or questioning what to do because their kids are growing up saying "mummy" and "daddy" <laughs> instead of "mom" and "dad." Wait, wait, wait! Peppa Pig is is British. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Well, well, I'm sure. You know, in the Netherlands, she's dubbed. She's right? Dutch. Because yeah, because cartoons are dubbed rather than subtitled. Very poorly. So you don't. You wouldn't get. You, and very mm -hmm. poorly, probably. And so you wouldn't get that. But yeah, there, there's no American version of Peppa Pig. It's straight up British accent. So you get that. If you want to freak an American out and make them question everything, tell them that the original Smurfs cartoon was in French and it was translated and dubbed into English. And their eyes get really big and their jaw hits the floor. They don't know. They don't know that. No, we just assume <laughs> everything is from the states. It's, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I, I know this. I know. I know. <laughs> no, 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 just kidding. <laughs> There's an interesting Facebook group called "This is the Internet, Not America." I think that's the name of it, and it's just people like doing uh, screenshots of like a worldwide forum or something, and like an American saying "East Coast." But then, like, east coast of which country? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they think everything's yeah. the United States. It's funny. <laughs> uh, we think so everything anyway. is Dutch. <laughs> Dora the Explorer is Dutch. <laughs> does, now, does Dora the Explorer teach kids Spanish in the Netherlands, or does she teach kids English? English. She teaches them English. Got in it. Very okay. annoying way, <laughs> but she teaches English. Uh, She's she's annoying in the states as well, but that's and that's part part of the humor for the adults. Backpack, yeah. backpack. <laughs> oh no, she feels like she's back at work. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, please. So where were we again, Mr. Jeff? 
So we're getting set up for the commercial, and Mrs. Slocum comes in in this mint green feathery dress. It looked like she was trying to do her best Dolly Levi impersonation because <laughs> it's just over the top. And she's she puts on her makeup, and the makeup box plays a calliope circus music. <laughs> Uh, did you notice when uh, you see Miss Slocum with the green hat from from uh, the back? She looks like a giant muppet. Yes, yes, I thought the from same the Muppets. Thing. Yes, she looks like a muppet. Yes, she does. She walks up and she says, "I changed my earrings because I thought they were just too big." Yeah. And then Mr. Humphrey <laughs> says, "I think everything's too big." <laughs> Yeah, I love how she walks about and she tries to like walk in a like a light-hearted way and she kind of like bounces around, you know. Um fantastic. Maybe I might have to use that as a costume at the next Madame Con costume. Can at next Madame Con? Uh, Mr. Rumbold opens up a bottle of champagne for him and Miss Belfridge. Oh, this always goes straight to my head. And <laughs> Keep that in mind because we're going to get a couple of visual gags, but it's one of those things where they Seven yeah, or they, they, they beat the joke until the ground <laughs> until it's, yeah. yeah, like once or twice would have done. But in the style of Are You Being Served, you have to do it multiple times in order for the, the audience to laugh. Yeah. Um, Captain Peacock starts playing the piano because he he's going to be the, um, the piano player. I, I was surprised he wasn't put into the major D role, but, you know. So they had to make it somewhat different from the Coco Club. Yeah. And he starts playing Night and Day by Cole Porter, which is from the 1932 musical Gay Divorce. How progressive But he's them. doing it in a very... <laughs> 1932, they were ahead of their time. He's doing it in a very atonal way. Like, it feels like his chords are, like, too sharp or too flat. I can't tell. It's just... It's, it has a very maudlin sound to it. Not like how you usually expect that song to be. So, of course, Nicholas Smith has to show off and prove that he, too, can play yes. the piano. He says, well, well, I think these chords are more suitable and plays it in the key to which we're most accustomed hearing the song. Mm-hmm. But everyone likes the other version better. Uh-huh. I was a little taken aback by that. But, of course, it just had to be to fit the story that Captain Peacock has to be the one playing the piano. Yes. Which is unusual for you, isn't it, Mr. Jeff? It is unusual for me. It is very unusual for me to go off into a tangent and overthink the plots of this show. Um, Mr. Harmon and Seymour came, come back from taking off their morning jackets, and they ask, are these togs all right? So, Mr. Brandon, we're going to have a little bit of a pop quiz for okay. you since I'm, you I'm asked ready. me about airplanes. Um, what is togs Cockney rhyming slang for? Okay, let me think. And Henrika, help me out. Um... <laughs> you your own. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, reminds me of clog. Oh crap! <laughs> the 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 Dutch lady said it. I didn't say it. Um, <laughs> um, maybe it's clog. Clog. Um, tog. Og. Bog. Cog. Dog. Nog. Hog. I go through the alphabet. Um, mog. Is it about like a mutt cat? I don't know. So it's actually a trick question. Togs is not Cockney rhyming what? slang. It comes, it's just regular old slang. It comes from the same Latin word where we get toga. Oh. So it's just a, a word for clothes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, okay. So you can be sorry, shifty. Okay, sorry about good to that. know. It's almost the end of the sorry series. Sorry to be okay. <laughs> All right. 
Miss Slocum starts inexplicably singing um, whatever Lola wants Lola gets because uh, she's trying to um, seduce Mr. Portray the mood of the nightclub. Right. Um, this is from Damn Yankees in 1958, so, so everyone can put all this song in context. Um, and then we see that Miss Brahms is chosen to be is the waitress, right? Uh, she didn't get to be the cloakroom girl. We wouldn't hear the end of it from the Mrs. Slocum people if we didn't mention that Mrs. Slocum hoists her leg up upon Mr. Humphreys. Yes! <laughs> that was amazing. Whatever Lola wants and she wants you. And then she zoop her leg on him. And uh, she was, you know, she was feeling herself, as the kids say today. And she wasn't drunk. And she wasn't amnesia, little Alice. Uh, Alice, age four. Age four. <laughs> she yeah. just knew what she wanted. And she wanted Mr. Humphreys, as we all know. Well, well, Lola wanted Mr. Humphreys. Uh, We're not sure. Right. Or Betty, the, Betty, the, uh, the, the matron. <laughs> Uh, we see that Miss Brahms has been chosen to be the waitress, uh, and she comes out with this floor-length black skirt, um, which everyone feels is not the right theme for the I mean, club. She looks like she's from the and Victorian so she doesn't era, re- right, with her hair put up and everything, the cuffs. Exactly, exactly. So she does a reveal, rips the skirt off, revealing black hot pants and garters, <laughs> and all of the men in the club are overreacting as if it's the first time they've ever seen a woman wearing garters and hot pants. We've got Peacock does a little fumble on the piano where he hits a chord. Which is another cute. I great, like that. Yeah. yeah. Another great callback to the same kind of physical comedy about Mr. Humphrey smearing the lipstick. Yeah. And then we see Seymour, Mr. Harmon's assistant, eyes bulging, mouth agape, He's just speaks off his glasses. Takes off his glasses, which fog up. Which to to the uh, to the props department, very good for getting them to fog up the glasses. Because we didn't we <laughs> didn't get to see the so device cute. about how they did that. Yeah, I thought he was so cute. Like I've never really seen him before. I mean, he was in the, a couple episodes where he was uh, betting on horses or yeah, something, and he was the... playing the cards on the closed circuit TV in the last right. episode. Yeah, but I don't know, like. It's funny because on Twitter, one thread said, like, something about uh, name someone who you thought was sexy on Are You Being Served and how it was Miss Belfridge, right? It was one of those (laughs) meme things. And then, of course, I had to be silly, and I I posted Mr. Humphreys. I never really considered Mr. Humphreys, like, cute. Like, he would be my best friend, probably. Um, But I don't know. There's something about Seymour. It's like, oh, he's so cute. Like, he's, I don't know. I don't think anyone on the show is especially handsome except Seymour, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well, Mr. Lucas. Mr. Lucas was traditionally See, handsome. I don't know. No? We don't have to be, like, writing a, a top ten here, but <laughs> I, I think that I'll let you have Mr. Lucas. All right. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Now that he's dead and buried in the ground ten years, right? <laughs> um the canteen manageress comes out. She's taken off her cold shoulder sweater, and she's got a Playboy bunny outfit on, very ba, similar ba, ba, to boom. the one Miss Brahms wore in It Pays to Advertise. Oh, um, so they're basically taking all of the old episode, literally recycling the costumes. Right, yeah. right. Uh, and then we see, we see the first of many uh, visual gags with Miss Belveridge having, drank, having drunk too much champagne, she falls. Yeah. She passes out and hits her head on the table. Do we count how many times it actually happens? It, at least five. At, le- I, at least five, but I think you might have been closer with eight. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So I mean, you know, there's so much we can say about Candy Davis, which was her screen name, um, which was you know not her given name. Um, I wonder if it was her acting ability or maybe just the role that she was written. But she didn't really have a lot of chance to really shine as an actress. I mean, when she had the screen, not based on her on her body, but when she was actually acting, I thought she was great. She came across as, like, cunning, and even though they tried to write her as kind of stupid, it's it kind of flipped the script a little bit. And it turns out that she had an O-level in English literature, and she was always kind of smarter than Captain Mr. Rumbold. But, I don't know, like, just plonking her very lacquered hair on the yep. on the table a lot it was like okay but whatever yeah i i agree with you i guess she doesn't come off you know she's she's a marilyn monroe type like the smart dumb blonde not like the slew of other secretaries that couldn't figure out how to take shorthand or filed things under a letter a report a document a customer complaints yeah. right so they start to set up the, the set. They bring in a doorway for the entrance to the club. But, of course, because Seymour and Harmon br- uh, uh, built it in their overtime, it doesn't really work quite, quite well. The uh, doorknob <laughs> falls off. They have to break the door down, and we see Miss Brahms fixing her garters behind the scenes. Um, we start to see them filming the commercial, and they do a really good visual trick here where they've we see it through the camera lens. So we can see the grid on screen of what's going to be in focus on uh, the commercial to set us up for actually seeing the commercial when it Mm -hmm. airs in the cinema later on, right? And we get them narrating how the service goes in the restaurant. You know, Miss Brahms introduces herself as the waitress and I'll take down everything when you decide what you want. And we see her taking an order and there's like, you know, the people. And she's taking order on her notepad. Yep. Uh, And the first dish is meat meat patty avocado. And uh, Mr. Harmon responds in his Cockney accent. That's a nice looking pair. And so one of the things that... um, I was surprised was actually uh, used for this term in Britain because I thought this was a thing that was strictly Louisiana is that mm. another name for avocado is alligator pear. And so they, they would call That's why the, he says that's a nice looking pear. I never yeah. – I thought there were two avocados or maybe an avocado cut in half or something. No, oh. because a, another word for avocados – and I was surprised to learn that they use that in England because it is shaped like a pear. Is that, um, Enrique, mm-hmm. is this a little bit of an English lesson for you? Had you ever heard that uh, an avocado being called a pear or an no, al- alligator no, pear no. before? Uh, and the, yeah. the, the pears we have are not avocado-shaped. <laughs> the avocados are, <laughs> we have different <laughs> kinds of pears, I think. <laughs> Maybe in, uh, in the Netherlands, um, pears are called Dutch avocados. <laughs> probably <laughs> thank you for laughing thank you for laughing uh, Pierre from Paris the chef instructs Betty the matron to show the gentleman what you've got under there talking about the platter and the cover so she removes the cloche you know that bell shaped dome on top and reveals the entire you know the the bird yeah yeah that's cloche. the that's the 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 dome kind of word. cover is called a cloche because it looks like a bell and that's what that word means it comes from um yeah. so they've got an entire um uh chicken 
uh, a roast chicken under there. Um, okay. And Mr. Herman says, well, blimey, you know, that bird's big enough for the entire table to encourage the customers that you get good-sized portions at this, yeah. you know, at the club rendezvous. And so she starts, t- Mr. Uh, Mrs. Slocum starts talking about the, um, that the chickens are freshly plucked and they're raised on the best farms in Norfolk. When you hear Harmon say, well, turkeys come from Norfolk, not chickens. I just thought I that was that hysterical. Joke. I don't get it. So it was just that he, he, he had to, he couldn't suspend disbelief enough um, for, oh, he's, so he's, he ruined the take is what it is. He's basically playing me. The role of Mr. Jeff will be played by Mr. Harmon in this commercial, taking it too seriously and not being able to suspend disbelief for the purpose of the... Yeah, he ruined the tape. How entertaining that must have been for those people. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Peacock is concerned <laughs> that he just on. gets... <laughs> yeah, we're just going to gloss right over that. Um, Captain Peacock is concerned, as he always is in these little schemes, that his name gets mentioned, that everyone knows who he is. So yes. he rushes in from the back and says, and I, Stephen Peacock, will be playing the piano, right? Okay, I have I- a little interesting anecdote here. When I it. saw him dash out of the piano and run to the camera and squeeze between Mrs. Slocum and Mr. Humphreys, I thought, wow, he's just like Mr. Faulty from Faulty Towers, like... There's something about like a tall, lanky man like dashing on camera that made me think of Faulty Towers, which I've watched. There's only, what, 20 episodes? Such a funny show and contemporaneous with Are You Being Served, you know? Yeah. John Cleese is really cool. It would have been fun if he was on the show, but oh well. What can (laughs) We cut to the cinema and they're going to be seeing the commercial. So what type of cinema is this? Is this like a cineplex with nine cinema rooms and uh, popcorn flowing? It's it's pretty it's pretty unclear what kind of a cinema it is because they're um, they're showing uh, the movie and people. It's a continuous showing, so you pay your tickets and you just go in and whenever you you happen to sit, you know, and they have commercials in the interval, etc. And it seems like at first it might be an art house because they're showing something French. However, what the staff don't notice is that the rest of the customers are all wearing these um, long gabardine overcoats, which you can use to conceal yourself very quickly, just like um, our old um, friend, the um, Angus, the the Scottish paparazzi, who took the pictures. Yeah. Um, Yes. They're showing something French, and apparently they were having some trouble with the picture before, but they've got it back. So uh, that's it sounds no like it might issue. be the French dubbed version of Blue Emmanuel Two, perhaps. That was well, a favorite of uh, Young Mister Greggs. Eventually, we see that the uh, the two main well, we don't see the characters, but we see the staff's reaction to it. Uh, they must be on their honeymoon or something, or they're getting ready to go for they a swim. They must have just gotten married because they're kissing. <laughs> but it turns out to be uh, a very X-rated scene, and we see Captain Peacock trying to cover uh, Mrs. Slocum's eyes, and Miss Belfridge is scared because she doesn't want to be seen watching this kind of thing in public. And then we see Mrs. Slocum's wig stand on end <laughs> at a scene, right? This, this makes the, the, the episode the top for me. Part 
The top yeah. part rolls back, and she jumps back. She recoils in horror in time with the the hair gag. So it was a very good, uh, very good job on uh, Molly Sugden's part. So before um, that, I have to jump in to say it was so cute because the staff all lines up against the back row, like we mentioned in the first part of the episode of the podcast. Um, Mr. Spooner very casually puts his arm around Miss Brahms, and she smacks. He tries it to. He, he tries to. Yep. And then Mrs. Slocum does the thing with Mr. with Captain Peacock, and he slaps her hand, and she has to recoil. But then Miss Belfridge puts her arm around Captain Peacock, and they kind of cuddle. They canoodle um, together in the back they row. Yeah. And then it's suddenly you see. You remember we said how there was another club rendezvous or the rendezvous bar or something where like the rough truck drivers, lorry drivers go. And then suddenly you see the people sitting in front and they look like blue collar folks, let's say. Oh, wearing... from the um, the CB radio commercial. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But, you know, they look like they were wearing like trench coats, gabardine kind of thing, like you said. I read that as working people not like the quality you know yes uh, i think I, I think it was you, a yeah i think it was a and good when you hear the french audio of the porn basically being displayed it all kind of came together in my head right yeah i think you're actually right you know i think that costume does can read either working class or pervert depending <laughs> on the context yeah. Um, and you know because, it's funny because these days they don't have it anymore. But back then there used to be cinemas where you go and you watch stuff like that. You don't have uh, that today. Maybe in the back rooms of some shops in some alleys or Times Square or whatever. No, but it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it's kind of a around. relic of the past, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. Enrica didn't know that we'd be talking about such tawdry things on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lady. <laughs> Excuse me. How dare you? <laughs> come back. Don't, don't your your flight's not for another hour. You can you can sit the rest. Don't, come on. Come, You've come got back. Enough time. You've got enough don't time. Don't leave. Okay, she came okay, back. Okay, okay good. <laughs> and then we get to the commercial, and apparently they're having the video problems again because the manager makes an announcement that the commercial is going to be audio only. And the the commercial sounds unfortunately dirty out of context. I'll take everything down when you decide what you want. Oh, that's a nice looking pair. Show the gentleman what you've got under there. Like it it sounds absolutely filthy. Would the gentleman want leg or breast? <laughs> this is slocum. Oh, no. We get the gag where her hair stands on end yet again because it's already being served and you have to repeat every joke twice. They have to do twice. it twice, yes, yes. And all of the customer, all of the other theater goers are very into it. They want to know where this club is. They want to go they want there. To see so the, they want to see the visuals. They want to see the picture. They want to see what kind of club it is, right? Because they think so, they're all in a porn. <laughs> Um, Stephen Peacock okay. has announced himself on camera as playing the piano there, and he just buries his head in shame that someone might recognize him, you know, from uh, <laughs> yeah. um, from his neighborhood on the Metropolitan Line. And just when they're starting to announce the address of the club, uh, Mr. Humphreys, as the usherette, um, directs them with his torch. Everyone stands up and they all start singing All Things Bright and Beautiful, which was Mr. <laughs> Rumble's idea in the first place, in order to drown out the address so that no one knows where it is. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, my God. 
Henrika, okay. what did you think of this episode in terms of all of the in terms of the entire series? Is this one of your favorites? Is this one of your least favorites? Mm, I I have to say I like the the episodes from seasons one to five uh, best. I love them most. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was uh, it, it was great to watch, but it was kind of chaotic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I I I loved um, yeah. Mrs. Slocum's hair standing uh, standing upright. And I think it's it was uh, Humphreys pulling a string or something uh, because it seems his arm is behind Slocum's hair behind the Ooh. wall. She throws her head back as she has to because otherwise her wig will come off. I think <laughs> you can see her own hair. Oh, that is a yes, yes, yes. And you noticed that Mr. Humphreys was pulling the string. Oh, that's I think he amazing. is because he's behind her and you can't see his arm. And there's some he's behind her in, in some kind of window. I'm not sure why, but it, it, it looks like he is, he is pulling a, a string or something. Wow, that's a great catch. Maybe it's just my imagination. That, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, no, no. It's funny you say it because I did notice that you can see the very beginning of Molly Sugden's hair. Yeah. It was dark. And I yes. think her wig was like blonde and red. And so I think maybe he pulled it just a yeah, little bit too much as her wig's coming off. <laughs> but um, I love, I love whenever I think of Mrs. Slocum and the great uh, gags that she does to the camera, this scene is one of them where her head stands <laughs> yeah. up. Not once, but twice. <laughs> of so course, cute. twice. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, Henrika, I have to agree. This is, you know, we're nearing the end of the series. This is, you know, as Mr. Brandon has said, uh, a greatest hits replay of a lot of um, previous <laughs> yeah. plots. And while season 10 does have a lot of banger episodes to finish us out, this is not one of my favorites. And I'm going to delve into my usual literary critique analysis of this. Oh, and I think do. it's because there's no conflict. You know, there's no um, there's no banding together of the... A department either against Mr. Grace or against Mr. Rumbold or against um, the a takeover. It's them all just going mm. through the motions together in something, and that didn't really add. Plus, obviously, the fact that this is a redo of something we saw five years ago. Yes, but in no other episode do you get the entire staff being confused for being in a pornographic film. <laughs> That is pretty spectacular. <laughs> I'll give you that. It is humiliated. It uh, is indeed. That's true. I think they should have just gotten Spike Milligan to jump out of a boat. <laughs> <laughs> but that would have been less fun for an episode. Are you unan- are you unanimous in that, or was this your all time favorite episode? Um, I like the very end, and it's sort of like. With the season 10, 8, 9, or 10, I guess, kind of like what you're saying, Henrika, like the first five are probably the best. Because, like, if you think of any TV show that has multiple years and years, kind of they reach the the top of the mountain where they're perfect, and then they kind of go down, yeah. right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. true in anything. Um, I kind of feel like, all right, let's have them... We, we know the end of the episode, so how are we going to get them to that point? And they work backwards, yeah. right? And you almost can see, like, okay, they want to have everyone think that they're in a porn. <laughs> How do we get them there? So they kind of work back. You know, it just seems yeah. kind of contrived in a way. But, I mean, Christ, it's already being served. Of course it's going to be contrived. But um, it's okay. I love the ending. I love how everyone's humiliated and, like, hiding from the screen. <laughs> um, 
but the, you know, it's still canon. Um, I love, I, I will say one thing that kind of is weird about this episode is Mr. Humphreys in this last scene. He's sort of like shining his light on his face. And I remember as a kid thinking it was kind of creepy because mm-hmm. you hear his voice on the screen. You can't see the screen because there's no screen playing. But for some reason, he gets his flashlight, his torch, and like somewhat mouths the words a little bit like he's lip syncing, but he doesn't. It's almost like he wasn't sure what to do. So like, I'll just sort of like shine the light on my face. And then he shines the light on the people who should be speaking while they're sitting yes. down. It's I noticed kind of that is weird. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is weird. I mean, I guess they needed to do some kind of visual representation since they weren't going to be showing the commercials. Yeah. So right, because they're all just sitting down. I mean, that's kind of boring, right? Let Let's remind the audience who said these lines. And yeah. another thing, when I thought, okay, why is the manageress in her bunny outfit on top of the? Why? <laughs> I didn't know. Maybe she was trying to get cast in like another tv show where she was like a sexy spy no, or something she had to take the coats didn't she, didn't she? why is she wearing a body suit <laughs> i mean she looked like a, a bond girl yeah. or something right James and she bond. was on top of that thing yeah. yeah it was chaos but i liked it it's still funny to me that grace brothers will be thinking let's have a nightclub in the yeah. middle of our Exactly. Store on the third floor, you know, That's with, a good with clothes idea. everywhere. <laughs> right. It's also the third to last episode, so I'm also like considering yeah. that, you know. That's true. That's true. Oh gosh, <laughs> Mr. Brandon, what are we going to talk about next week? Well, next week we will cover the penultimate episode. Is that the right word? That is the right word. Penultimate. Oh, yeah. ding. Okay. By the way, Gladys sends her regards. She's still getting her <laughs> bell um, reworked. She's decided to go uh, rose gold. So, great expense. Um, rose gold. I think I went to Hebrew school with her. Exactly. Yes, well done. We're going to watch Friends and Neighbors, and that's the one where oh. they... I can't remember. Like, There's a, a, a curry shop, and somehow there's an apartment on top of it, and it's like the hideaway place where young Mr. Grace takes his oh, girlfriends up or something. Mr. Humphreys, come over here and give me a baby. Yeah, and for some okay. reason there's babies and there's like the madcap thing. What's the what's the With the, with the Murphy comedy? bed. Yeah. Yeah, the Murphy bed. But what's the guy who uh, Yakety Sacks is always uh, playing Benny Hill. to? Yeah, it's a, like a Benny Hill episode yeah. where you can kind of picture like them speeding up the footage and they have to run away and someone can't be caught with a girl. I don't know. But I remember it being funny and ridiculous. And as you know, that's the type of comedy I like that's ridiculous. Like your hair standing up on end. I was just going to say, I checked with our research department. And if I recall, this is one of your top five favorite episodes of the entire series. That would be you who has an enumerated (laughs) list. Thank you. I don't. But um, I do love the very last one because the song. And it's like the perfect way to end a series. Yeah. So that's coming around. And I can't believe we're getting to the last episode. That's crazy. I know. But as we've said a million times unanimous, we are not going anywhere. We will do some interstitial episodes. We're having our all unanimous episode as our thank you and our love letter to you, our fans. We will do the Australian version, the 2016 reboot, the Beans of Boston pilot, and of course, the entirety of Grace and Favor. And that reminds me, there's a, a series that um, a, a listener uh, who I forgot who, I'm sorry, 
but um, they sent an, uh, a, a YouTube link of John and Min's series, uh, which started in 1977, so concurrent with Are You Being Served, called Odd Man Out. And, um, you know, it'd be kind of cool to do an episode where we look at the TV shows that the character, that the actors did outside oh, of Are You okay. Being Served. Because, yeah, if you watch it, um, and I'll post it on the Facebook, um, it's him being Mr. Humphreys. It's not Mr. Humphreys, but it's him calling someone or answering the phone and he's like, oh, hello, blah, 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 you know, and like double entendre. And it's, it's Mr. Humphreys. So that would be kind that of would, a cool that, episode. That to might do be as a well. really good idea. Yeah. Cause we could also look at, um, come back, Mrs. Noah, the one where <laughs> Molly Sugden gets sent up to space. Um, Why not? And, th- and then there's this little show that, um, Wendy Richard was on, um, called East Enders. I mean, maybe we could do like an episode about that. It's, it's I thought really that was an episode of Coronation Street. It's really know. rare; no one's ever heard of it, you know. But you know, <laughs> the no, British think, people no. are like <laughs> fire, throwing their teacups at us at the at their iPhones right now. Henrika, thank you so much for flying out to Northern Mississippi to be with us. We hope you enjoyed your time with us here at the compound on the show. Oh, I had so much fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Henrika. You you've done very well, <laughs> Mr. Jeff. If people wanted to contact us and maybe even drop by the studios and, you know, you can reserve the airplane if you want, but you have to be very nice. What can they do to get in contact with us? If our fans want to give us any information about uh, their favorite episodes of Are You Being Served or they want to get in touch with us to be a co-host, they can contact us on Facebook or on Twitter or write us an old-fashioned email at thatdustedmadam, spelled with an E, at gmail.com. Or you can call the Peacock Hotline at 662-PEACOCK, 662-732-2625. You can also record a voice memo and email it to us. And by the way, while you're at it, grab some merch at our bargain basement shop at imfree.threadless.com. That's imfree.threadless.com. Indeed. And with that, Mr. Jeffrey, as always, and with Ms. Henrika, you've, you've all done, done very well. well. And for our Dutch listeners, Bye, thank you. Bye. That Does Suit Madam is not endorsed by the BBC and it is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Are You Being Served as a copyrighted program of the BBC. Audio content may not be suitable for younger audiences.